Blog Talk Radio. and around the world, streaming live on the internet, it's Real Estate Coaching Radio, bringing you the latest news, interviews, and secrets of the top producers. Hosted by award-winning real estate coaches, Tim and Julie Harris. Hello and welcome back. This is, of course, Real Estate Coaching Radio, and my lovely wife, Julie, and I are your hosts. And as always, guys, keep in mind that this is your online free, unfiltered, full-strength honesty about what is truly working to get you into action and make you money. Listen in now and learn what it takes to get you into action to get the most out of this new real estate boom. So, Julie, uh, welcome to today's show. Thank you so much. And Great so, share with the listeners, I always like to start out these shows with mm-hmm. a story from Julie's personal coaching schedule. As sure. a lot of you guys know, Julie and I are full-time coaches, and I've, you know we have 11 coaches that work for us, and we have an administrative staff. We do spend part of our day, obviously, working um, on our business, but most of our time we spend, most of our best time, I think, we spend working um, in the business in that we like to focus our best energies on coaching you guys. So every day we provide maybe two or three free coaching calls each, and then we usually have a fairly, I'd say, moderate, uh, you know, five to six uh, uh, paid clients every day. And then all of our coaches are similar in that they are also, uh, many of them are coaching as well as still selling real estate because we like to have coaches that are working for us that are, hey, guess what, actually experience selling real estate. I know that's something that that. a lot of you guys are figuring out is, hey, you know what, if I'm going to hire a coach, I might as well hire someone that's actually been there, done that. So, Julie, from your coaching schedule today, share with the listeners a story and experience from your client. Sure. You got it. A very interesting call that I just had. We just hung up a couple minutes ago with one of my great students, clients, private clients in Las Vegas. And it was funny because she said to me she had been listening to the Superstar interviews, and she said, make me into Colette, which was funny, one of our Atlanta uh, coaching clients. And I said, what do you mean by that? She said, well, you know, her business has moved uh, quickly, and I kind of feel like I'm a similar personality style. I need to be doing more stuff like her boot camp. So, I, you know, first of all, I always appreciate when our students listen to each other and pick up ideas that are working maybe not in their own personal market because sometimes the stuff that works best are things that we coach, you know, in different areas. And that's the advantage to having coaches that have clients literally all over the country. We've got clients in Hawaii, Alaska, the Caribbean, you know, we have people listening in South Africa. So her, the thing that we're concentrating on now with her, in addition to all of her normal stuff we've been doing, is we're getting her to, our Las Vegas client, to be less of a secret agent and do more social things so that her uh, center of influence and her natural referral base grows. So what she's going to be doing in the next couple of weeks, there's a big uh, military appreciation thing happening in Vegas where there's going to be at least 6,000 veterans that show up. And she's going to have her table there. She's going to have balloons for the kids because everybody's going to come over and want a free helium balloon. She's going to have flyers on all of the great veteran programs for lending, you know, uh, not just your typical VA programs, but some down payment assistant things. She's going to talk about um, how veterans have special benefits if they're a distressed person and how, you know, how she can handle their short sale if need be without losing their security clearance. So, you know, the main thing is, Better exposure, less secret agent equals more money. 
Well, Julie, you just said something. It's an idea for your client. Have her uh, give out balloons that have her name on it. Yes, right? that's exactly so what we're kids, doing. When these, yep. when these kids are walking around with these balloons, they're basically <laughs> going to be walking around with little mini billboards for her. You know. Exactly, because so, we talked about, you know, she's got a table, but there's only so many people that you can talk to around your table. So you have things like private labeled balloons. She's thinking about doing some water that basically walks around on her behalf and gets out into the event. The well, balloons are know, great because, you know, every kid's going to want a free helium balloon. That's a great idea. Just a, It's a gimmick, sure, but it's a great idea. There's what, we're coming up on a lot of holidays. Well, I mean, we're coming you up know, to holidays. You can do red, white, and blue and be patriotic. Yeah, for Fourth of July, you got Memorial Day, and then, you know, going to the – so, guys, think about this. What if you were to have some balloons made, and, you know, maybe you can hire a balloon company to go out there and just mm-hmm. walk around and hand out helium balloons to kids you with your information mm-hmm. on it. That's kind of a clever Perfect. idea. To get the word out, and the more, like, for example, if you're a little community, let's say you're focusing on a specific neighborhood or a specific community, they have little uh, parades and, and whatnot, sometimes in just little mm-hmm. home subdivisions of, like, three or 500 homes. Why not Especially Memorial Day, there? Fourth of July. Yeah. yeah. This okay. is a fun, I mean, we don't talk about this enough, but when Julie and I <laughs> sold real estate, that's one of the things we did a lot of, all these little... I don't know what you want to call them, but things that events that would normally be happening in a community, we would go there and we'd try to make them better. We'd enhance them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, this is a funny story. Julie, tell them about your pumpkin patch idea. And yes, guys, we are <laughs> going to be getting back to today. Uh, tomorrow, listen to me. Yesterday's topic and sharing with you ideas about moments of truth. But we had we used to do a, a pumpkin patch every year around pumpkin um, fest, Halloween yes. in October. <laughs> Yeah, and, you know, we laugh about it because a lot of people kind of make fun of, like, giving out free pumpkins and all this stuff. But I'll tell you, if you do it right, I hear about this to this day from our past clients from those days. And essentially what I did was I found a pumpkin grower. And, you know, there's only so many pumpkins they're going to sell. They're always going to have extra ones. So I started talking to them about August, September, about buying some wholesale pumpkins. They bring their farm truck. They will drop the pumpkins off. I had my brother come over help us uh, unload all these pumpkins. So I think I bought like 300 of them or something like that. First year we did it in our front lawn in the neighborhood, which we were farming, by the way. And we had hay bales and pumpkins, and I talked to our Starbucks contact, and she brought over Starbucks in the front lawn. And then all the I actually was selling them where the proceeds would benefit the orchestra I was playing in, which was another center of influence, and we turned that into a charity event. So we tied several things together, and I'm, I was surprised. I mean, what was it, like two hours and all the pumpkins were gone? Every stick of well, straw we were, was we gone? Well, we were overwhelmed. It really was <laughs> we ridiculous. We were overwhelmed. This was, right, this was in our Crazy. front, you know. It, we, so, <laughs> we thought it would be a nice idea and just the neighborhood kids would uh, love it. But no, I mean, people from all crazy. over New Albany were checking it out. And so mm-hmm. then we did the following year is we found uh, – now, this is a little bit more complicated, but it worked to, at a level that we wouldn't even have expected – the local elementary school, also in New Albany, there um, they had a, a, a basically a field by the elementary school, as, as is normal. So we thought, well, let's involve the local, or in this case, it was the uh, Red Cross that was based out of Columbus, because mm-hmm. we had heard. Well, this is what we discovered. So we called the Red Cross and we said, "Would you guys like to do a re- uh, blood drive at the same time that we're doing uh, this pumpkin patch?" And they said, "Heck yes!" And they said, "Even better." If you can set up a place where we can take blood, which we helped them to do so because the principal of the elementary mm-hmm. school made some of the rooms available for blood donations, we'll actually go and cold call prospect into New Albany ahead of time, inviting past donors and maybe future donors out to donate blood. So what happened throughout the day, 
is we had people driving up to the pumpkin patch. We had we Julie, do you remember that big bus from the local senior center that came in? <laughs> I know. It's crazy. Yeah, but the sad was part awesome. was that when they showed up we were out of pumpkins. That was the sad part. We but did we run did, out of pumpkins. And there were so many so, pumpkins I can't even believe it. But uh like the Red Cross, they did um uh, they'll do that for you guys too. They, so if you were to call up the Red Cross and say, "I want to do a, a charity event, and uh, I want you guys to be involved," so they'll do press releases for you. They'll actually prospect and uh, directly call, like I said, past donors and uh, potential fu- uh, future blood donors to come to the event. And it, the thing just blossoms. I mean, it just really was one of those things where, like Julie said, we haven't sold real estate in New Albany for over ten years. But, you know, the reality of it is, is now that we look back, we realize that's something that really was growing into something special, and people remembered it. Yeah. You know, it Pretty wasn't amazing. Tim and Julie walking around trying to sell real estate. It was Tim and Julie trying to no, help it was the just community a fun, in a multi-social Yeah. Yeah, you expand your center of influence. And, okay, so were we walking around saying, this is a business call. Do you have a minute for me? Oh, by the mm-hmm. way, we're standing in front of each other. No, we were not using formal, stuffy scripts. We were simply being ourselves inevitably talking about real estate, expanding our center of influence, and doing something giving back to the community. And, you know, I I thought it was easy. I mean, I thought it was fun. Well, they fun. had a great time. Yeah. You know, there wasn't anything all wound up and overly business, and you don't have to be, you know, a super salesperson when you do stuff like this. This actually is very natural, and all of you guys should be doing this on some level. And the thing that got us talking about this was this is something that, you know, we use Colette as an example because she does so much of this, and it's so natural. It's one of the things she talked about on her interview. So none of this is hard or expensive. You can get a lot of things donated. I know that uh, Starbucks donated the coffee that day. I was buying the pumpkins wholesale. The Red Cross doesn't charge you anything to show up. They're just glad to have the event. They'll actually prospect for you, as you said. So this is easy stuff to put together. Well, there's a lot of other ideas a lot of you do. You guys do client appreciation parties, and I think those are great. But the problem with client appreciation parties is really only for your clients. Why don't you there instead you know of doing a, a – yeah, exactly. When, and, I mean, there's absolutely a, you know, lots of great reasons to appreciate your clients. But why don't you do a client appreciation party that's combined with, say, a canned food drive around the holidays? Mm-hmm. That's something else that mm-hmm. we did. We did a, a party mm-hmm. at our house. Actually, you know what? This was after September 11th, or I believe yep. it was after September 11th. It was. And yep. uh, and we uh, basically did a uh, event at our house where we were, I think we were raising money for a local charity, but also wasn't mm-hmm. the admission to the event that they had to bring canned, canned food. Yep. Isn't that how we did it? Yeah. Yep. And so in our house, we had a palm reader that was in the basement. This was Ohio, so we had basements. And, you know, we had the whole thing was set up, and we had a lot of fun with it. And, you know, it was hilarious. That was Packed. There were so many yeah. people there. I was like, this cannot be this successful. And we didn't that know most crazy. of them. Of course, we knew all of them by the time they left. And, you know, what's funny is a lot of the local realtors showed up, too. <laughs> Which is fine. You know, Which here's is fine. The thing. They were supporting it. Yeah. It's an efficient way to meet a lot of people in a nice, warm and fuzzy surrounding where you're clearly giving back. I mean, that has a yep. lot of value. Some of you guys, you know, whine and moan about having to prospect call by call by call. Well, here's a way where you can have, you know, like in Jane's case in Las Vegas, she's going to be surrounded by 6,000 veterans. Now, it's probably a handful of those are her past clients. Okay, that's great. But now here's how she can be exposed very quickly to tons of people. So it's actually a pretty efficient way to get your name out there. 
So there's lots of ideas like this, guys. If you need any additional personal one-on-one help, of course, go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and we can help you get a a system set up, maybe a party set up, some events set up. But the bottom line is this stuff, generally speaking, if you know how to do it, doesn't take a lot of time to set up. Uh, It kind of grows organically. Obviously, we're big advocates of involving the Red Cross because they do so much of it for you. That is how they... That's how they operate. They essentially are mobile blood donation business. There's no, generally speaking, people don't go there. So they're designed to set up small events, and they are highly efficient at it. So Red Cross, Mm -hmm. your local charities, the local Humane Society, you know, that's something else that we did for a long time is we had a promotion for our uh, past clients, and it basically said buy or sell with me and adopt a pet for free. So we went to the local Humane Society, and we told the Humane Society, listen, we will cover all the adoption uh, fees of any you know buddy who uh, we give a voucher to. Humane Society said, fine, that's great. Uh, the only caveat is that you know obviously the person still has to qualify using our normal standards for pet adoption. We said absolutely. Uh, that was another idea. So we started involving ourselves in things like that. Things that we had passion and love for were the obviously the things we were. Um, it was easier for us to, to participate in. So if you're really involved in your kids' activities, let's say a local boys' uh, soccer team, and there's going to be some kids on there that can't afford their uniforms or soccer shoes, or you know maybe it's the local Boy Scouts troop and they can't afford to travel to Jamboree or whatever it is, you can do lots of things like that. And by doing that, you're you know you're making a real contribution. At the same time, you're bettering yourself in the eyes of your potential clients. So this wasn't what we were supposed to talk about on today's radio we get show. Get excited. But yeah, but you know what, Julie, this time of year, as you start getting into those types of outdoor holidays, it makes mm-hmm. sense that if you truly are uh, coming from the mindset of contribution, that you are going right. to want to participate in things like this. Um, Definitely you know, does. Buying, yeah, exactly. Buy, so think about this, guys. You guys can do an event of your own, a small neighborhood event, come in direct contact with people, or you can decide instead to go buy some buyer leads. You tell me where you think the better use of your time and your money is. Hmm. Now, here's another Ponder. thought for you. I'm noticing, and I'm absolutely gleeful about this, that agents are finally waking up to the syndication thing. Um, you know, in regards to the buying of the buyer leads, there definitely is, I would call it even almost an organized revolt that's starting to take place. Mm-hmm. Pay attention to that, guys. That what the syndication of our listings to Realtor.com, to Zillow, to Trulia, through ListHub, and all these other sites, it does matter. It, it, and the ramifications of what how this whole thing works itself out does matter to your business, to your commissions, to your the future of your business. And if you don't take that seriously, guys, if you don't realize that essentially by allowing your listings to be over syndicated, you know the fact is, is you're losing control. We as an industry have, I think, because of the real estate bust, have been on our heels for a long period of time. But now that the industry is healthy again or getting healthier again, now that the industry is realizing what we've lost by allowing the Trulias and the Zillows into the market space without truly directly uh, challenging them, you know, there are pockets of resistance, and I'm glad to see it. So join in that resistance. Decide not to syndicate your listings on any place other than Realtor.com. And then, by the way, we do think that Realtor.com needs to be held accountable for delivering a higher level of service. There is a, uh, I definitely think, and I, I'm, I heard some of my friends talking about this, that Realtor.com as the domain name, even the website, needs to be, uh, become a Realtor benefit, not just something that we subscribe to or we have to buy buyer leads from. 
Uh, in different parts of the world, like Canada, you don't have to. There is no Zillow and Trulia. There is only Realtor.ca because they early on basically made a decision that they weren't ever going to pit themselves, the you know Realtor.ca, against its agents and sell leads that should rightfully be going to the agents back to the agents. So there is a newer, better way to do it than the way we've done it in terms of the way that Realtor.com got set up and the Trulia got set up and Zillow got, you know. This system that's evolving is going to cause major financial duress for individual brokers and individual real estate practitioners. If you guys aren't figuring that out, if you're finding that leads are the the paid lead quality is going down, isn't it? There's no question about that. At the same time, the cost of the leads that you're buying are going through the roof. And virtually no examples of any of the free uh, any of the agents I've done with free coaching calls when they want to talk about buying buyer leads. And they tell me how much they're paying for buyer lead. In virtually no examples does it actually make sense for them to continue to buy buyer leads considering the quality of the leads that they're getting and how much they're paying per lead. So open your eyes to what, your, uh, what the decision to allow your listings, for those of you who have learned how to be listing agents and a lot of our great students who are fantastic listing agents, open your eyes and realize the cost that you are paying to allow your listings to be syndicated. It just doesn't make sense. So at the very least, limit your listings to just Realtor.com. So, Julie, let's get back to moments of truth. So let them know what moments of truth are in case they didn't listen yesterday. Perfect. So a moment of truth is a snapshot in the eyes of the public, in the eyes of your prospects, and pretty much all of the public is a potential prospect, and certainly in the eyes of your existing clients. We talked yesterday about the importance of your business cards looking great, your handshake being appropriate, your voicemail being appropriate, how quickly you return calls, what your picture looks like, what your own personal appearance looks like, how your real estate signs are set up. So I think that's about where we stopped. We're about on number six or seven, Tim, if you have the same list I've got. I think we're Um, on eight, actually, home brochures. Maybe we're on eight. Yeah, home brochures. So first of all, stop calling them flyers. That sounds cheap. It's a brochure, or at least it should be. Well, what's more, well okay, so Julie, let's, uh, I had a very great long-term coaching client, and one of the things he does when he goes on listing appointments, and he usually is competing against the same agents, is he's gotten mm-hmm. copies of their brochures. He's gotten ah, copies of how their listings, yes, he's gotten copies of their brochures. He's gotten copies of how their uh, listings appear on the MLS, how they basically represent the seller's house. And you know what? Mm-hmm. It's unprofessional. The home brochures mm-hmm. are the free variety from the MLS. They're not fancy. They're wow. not, and no one's That's actually lame. taking time to put them together. So during his mm-hmm. listing presentation, he basically will bring out his competitor's listing uh, home brochures and then bring out one of his home brochures. And then just in front of the seller at their kitchen table, they're looking at something that's very professional, considerate, thought out, respectful of the seller's house, obviously designed to get the best price for the seller by attracting the most buyers. Then he's showing the stack of essentially of garbage of where realtors don't even take the time to write the word bedroom. They just put BD in the brochure, things like that. Wow, that's so, bad. Yes, so brochures, moment of truth. And if your competitors haven't figured it out how important something like that is, that is one of the things that comes in direct contact, not just with your clients, but the prospective buyers, oh, and by the way, don't think that neighbor across the street who's thinking about selling isn't paying attention to the quality of your home brochure. So what's the next one, Jules? Well, so let me just stop on this for a second because the tendency that that I have been hearing from, especially from our free coaching call people, 
is, well, there's low inventory. The house is going to sell itself, so why should I spend the money? Which is well, short-sighted, exactly. right? That's yeah, not is. thinking about the big picture, which is the home brochure isn't necessarily just to sell that house. It's so that that will create more business for you because the neighbors take it out of the brochure box. Notice what a killer job you're doing, okay, and decide not to list with your competitor. Instead, they're going to go with you because you're doing a great job. So it's a difference between thinking very kind of narrow and thinking very big picture. So I just had to, you know, kind of make sure everybody's clear on that. All right. That's right. So the next thing is your website. So one of the things that we do before we call many of you, whether you're existing clients or certainly free coaching call clients, before we speak to you is we like to know a little bit about you. And sometimes we go to your website and it looks really rocking. You've got lots of great stuff, some listings there. You've got, I want to buy a home, I want to sell a home, quick contact information. Your picture looks great, your houses look great. That's fantastic. Other times we do a search and it's one of those shadow pictures or the link is, you know, it's broken, it doesn't exist anymore. You know, and sometimes it's somewhere in between where it looks like, okay, you have a site, but really it hasn't been worked on since, you know, 1998. So, you know, I think obviously everybody knows they should have a site, but what does it look like? What is publicly facing? Does that make sense, Tim? It does. Now, websites are also a big black hole of time, money, and energy. And and frankly, a lot of you are going to be better off if you just use your broker's website. In many cases, the broker's website is really beautiful, elegant, and you don't need Mm -hmm. to take the time. And done for you for some cases. Yeah, exactly. So when do you need your own website? Well, when you start carrying a lot of listings, when you basically need to have your website provide things on your listings that maybe the broker's site doesn't. It could be hosting video. It could be hosting multiple more pictures than the broker's website will allow you. When you are carrying, I would say, 20 to 30 listings consistently, at that point it's probably something for you to think about. Because, guys, a website in itself, uh, until you get up to a, a consistent level of production, is nothing other than a nice online business card because sellers are going to expect you to have it. They want to basically be able to see what your website looks like, read your bio, all that good stuff. Mm-hmm. But, you know, the reality of it is is you could spend thousands and thousands of dollars thinking that your website's going to generate you leads, and it won't. It doesn't work like that. This isn't, you know, 1997 anymore. So, uh, you know, don't spend a lot of time on it. Don't certainly spend a lot of money on it. And a lot of you will be able to get by with never having a website. Again, always using your broker's right. website. So just keep those so things in mind. if you have one, make sure it looks respectable, I think would be probably right. the bottom line on this. Well, you know what, um, we're going to spin off here. Same thing with the blog, which is the next thing, but go ahead. Well, we're going to spin off here. Yeah, the next thing is the blog. But So some of you want to consider having a logo made or something that's going to represent yourself. And you don't want to spend a lot of money on it, obviously. There are so many um, starving artists out there that can make your logo for you for like 50 bucks. Um, there's so many ways that you can have a really professional image created. Go to like odesk.com and, you know, go to the section in Odesk, put a job up there saying you're looking for a little logo to be made and you're wanting some branding, some just things, different things like that. And it's okay to invest a little bit in, in, in the image. It makes you feel more confident. So if at the end of the day we can accept the fact that it probably won't generate any business, but it will make you feel more confident because you have a forward-facing website, because you have created your own logo, then you should do it, because more confidence generally equals more success. So there's different reasons to do it. Just don't proceed into the whole idea that you're going to have a website or a blog, thinking that 
it's going to generate any transactions for you because almost never will it. You, if you have a blog, which is the next point, um, you know, a blog is going to be something that you have to continuously update for inform- with information, posts, information about your, uh, you know, your listings and you and the community and all those types of things. In most cases, if you have a simple website or your broker's website, you know, how to use social networking, do update your Facebook status, your Twitter status. That's probably about it. Letting them know about your new listing. Letting them know about the house you just put in contract. Letting them know about what's going on in the community. Do do that. That will be a nice, effective way of reinforcing the fact that you are a caring, competent agent and you're there to serve. So don't spam your social media contacts with, you know, I am looking for listings or I'm looking for buyers because people will just ignore your messaging. So always bring something of value. But really, at the end of the day, guys, all the online stuff is something for the most part that a lot of you don't need to be spending any time or money on until you have built your business to a consistent level. Some of you make the mistake of thinking you have to spend your time and money on all the websites and the lead ball-up systems and all the touch campaigns and all this other CRM stuff. And I know some of you are even considering using Infusionsoft, which, okay, whatever about that. But the reality of it is, is that that is not the highest and best use of your time. Those things will not result in you making money, but what they will result in you doing is spending lots of money, but even worse, taking literally in some cases hundreds of hours of your life energy to try to create something in the hopes that one day it will create business for you, and it won't. So be really clear about that. Um, Most of you, until you get up to that consistent, say, 20 to 30 listings at all-time level, your highest and best return on your investment will be servicing your existing sellers and going after more sellers and leaving all the passive stuff to all the agents that really don't know what the heck they're doing. I hope that isn't too harsh, but that is the case. So the next point is? All right, so the next point is your overall online presence, which includes things like Facebook, Twitter, agent sites, etc. So Real world example. Okay. okay, my favorite example okay. is researched a um, free coaching call request, and the only online presence she had was alien abduction websites and her story. That That is a real, I'm not making this up. You can't make it up, okay? Now, being that I like to give people the benefit of the doubt, I'm thinking maybe there's a center of influence there. She can sell houses to other alien abductees. I don't know, right? But the point is, that, and it was very easy to find. You know, she had an unusual name. So let's say that she's got a listing appointment set up, and I'm deciding between her and someone else, and I go to research online, see, you know, what they're made of. I might just cancel that appointment, okay? So, I, and I have more where that came from. But the point is, what is your online presence? If you weren't you knowing about you, and you were a stranger who had never met you, who was considering doing business with you, and you do a simple search, What's the impression going to be? Some well, of you do other, a really good job on this. Others of you need to think about it. Um, yeah, here's another idea. You're, so you're everywhere you are online. A lot of you have Twitter accounts. A lot of you have um, LinkedIn accounts. A lot of you have Facebook accounts. You have you know, other places where your profile, a profile is nothing more than a picture, a bio, uh, about me, contact us kind of thing. Okay, those are profiles. Those are called citation sites. So one of the things you do have to do is have the information be consistent. So you have to have the same picture. 
You have to have the same logo. You have to have the same description, the same list of phone numbers, ideally only one phone number that goes to your like Google Voice account so people aren't having to dial a bunch of different phone numbers. Maybe your cell phone if you want to get uh, you know, SMSs or whatnot. So the bottom line is, is you have to have everything consistent, and that does create more of a professional image. You know, Julie was talking, and I remember this other one we had. <laughs> you know, I'm going to say it. I don't care if he's listening. His email address was iloveredworms at gmail.com. No, it's even Gmail. It's AOL. So it's even worse. Oh, I love red worms at AOL.com. That was yeah. his professional. Now, maybe in, the part of the country, maybe in the part of the country where he sold real estate, that would be a huge benefit to a seller that the guy loves red worms. He, by the way, his business, because we researched it, was selling, wait for it, red worms. So he was growing mm-hmm. and selling red worms. And it could have been a trillion-dollar business, and I'm the fool for making fun of it. But the fact yeah. is, is when it comes to generating real estate transactions, you guys have to really take a moment and think about what that moment of truth, what that little tiny I love red worms at AOL.com impression is leaving on a prospective client that he might have otherwise had. So next up we have your ability to show up time or on time or early. Seems like a small thing. Yeah, exactly, even though you were late answering it, right? Right there. <laughs> well, I was I was just actually having a memory of going to a listing presentation, and you and I walked in the door. I think you remember this too. And fortunately for us, we were on time. But the homeowner actually had a legal pad with agents' names that they had already talked to, and written down next to their name exactly what time they had showed up: five oh nine, five thirteen. They were keeping track of whether the agent even bothered to show up on time, which you know is kind of an analytical thing. All right. But guess what? If that's important to them, then make sure you're on time. You know, roll the dice. (laughs) I remember dozens and dozens of our sellers would check Mm -hmm. to see how long they will call and see how long it takes for you to call them back before they list with you and after they list with you, especially Mm -hmm. if you use 800 Home Hotline. They would check Mm -hmm. on us to make sure we were doing quick lead follow-up. And sometimes, guys, if they're trying to decide between you and somebody else, if in their, the seller's mind you're an equal level playing field with this other agent and you are better at the lead follow-up and you showed up on the listing appointment on time and you used our professional pre-listing pack and you had a listing presentation, this is all that it takes, even if you've never sold a house before, by the way. Aha, mm-hmm. interesting thought, isn't it? Mm-hmm. The fact is, is in the minds of consumers, we are all the same. They perceive us to be like basically like gallons of milk. We're interchangeable unless you educate them on why you're different. Maybe you are new or maybe, frankly, you're not that different. Learn to be different. Learn how to basically master the moments of truth so when they come in contact with you, it's clear in their minds that you're different and they're going to do business with you. So I know I have uh, another coaching call today, and I'm sure Julie mm-hmm. does as well. I so do. we are going to wrap up today's radio show by simply saying this. Go back, listen to this radio show, listen to yesterday's radio show, and really drill down on what your moments of truth are and what impression you're leaving on prospective clients. Maybe the reason that you're not getting more calls is because you are leaving little seeds of doubt out there somewhere. Your business cards, your signs, your brochures, your lack of brochure, how you look online in terms of your picture, all these tiny little things that we all take for granted 
matter. Wouldn't they matter to you if you were the one that was looking to hire an agent to help them perform probably the most stressful and the most important financial transaction of their lives? So consider this, guys. In the meantime, if any of you need any added help, what do you do? You go to freecoachingcallsforagents.com, freecoachingcallsforagents.com, and we'll talk with you tomorrow on tomorrow's radio show. Have a great day, everyone. This program has been a presentation by Tim and Julie Harris, Real Estate Coaching. For more information on our real estate coaching and training programs, visit our website at timandjulieharris.com. Remember to tune in weekdays at noon for upcoming shows. And until next time, thank you for listening to Real Estate Coaching Radio with Tim and Julie Harris. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.